From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. All right, hello once again, and welcome back to another installment of The Revealing. Uh, we are uh, back in the studio once again, um, joined with uh, my brothers, uh, Pastor Frank Salvaggio and Chris Wing. Um, this morning, guys, how are y'all today? Doing good, doing good. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm doing good. Frank? Jacksonville, Florida, man. It's 75 degrees out. It's beautiful. I was just about to say, it's... Uh, it, it's been, um, it's been, you know. Sorry, the, uh, anybody in the north that's, got, yeah. that's dealing with the cold. Uh, I'm not complaining. That's I'm it. Not complaining. So. They asked me how I'm doing. I'm like, well, I don't live in New York, so. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we're doing well here, and uh, we hope that um, that you are are blessed as well. Um, I am uh, most definitely excited about the um, conversation that we're going to have today. Uh, that we do hope you will um, not just be part of, uh, but um, be engaged with, maybe be challenged by, um, allow the Lord to um, speak to your heart through His Word, and 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 maybe maybe consider some things that um, you haven't considered in a while uh, about the Word of God, or maybe consider some things that you never have considered, uh, uh, being um, just uh, what the Word of God is. Um, do we have um, a complete, um, full, perfectly inspired and preserved Word of God uh, accessible to us? Or um, do we, as, as some would say, uh, have, um, yes, the thoughts, the, the message, the, the general ideas of God— um, a Bible or Bibles that contain mostly confidence from God, but but there are some passages where you know maybe some there were some scribal errors or um, s- scholars or, or what have you have added some things and um, dates of authorship are questioned and um, just all, all these different things that that, that we kind of hear and maybe personally um, deal with or wrestle with. Um, really do have some strong and real implications uh, to our relationship with the Lord. Because, um, you know, I think one of the things that I've learned um, maybe just a few years back, or within the last few years, I guess, is I've come to realize, um, you know, everything that we know about God, everything that we believe about Him, comes from the Word of God. Um, And I believe that is the most important attribute of God, uh, namely that um, God speaks to us uh, through His Word. Um, because if it were not the fact, for the fact of the Word of God, and if it were not for the fact that, that God speaks, um, we wouldn't know anything about Him. We wouldn't know He is merciful. We wouldn't know of His grace. We wouldn't know of His wrath, of His love, that He is light. Um, we wouldn't know of the cross. Um, we wouldn't know of, of what he loves and what he hates. Um, and yes, his word says he hates some things. Uh, so, so if it wasn't for the very fact that he has revealed himself to us um, and done so in a very specific and particular way, um, then, man, 
what do we or what would we know about him? Uh, so uh, for that reason alone, um, I am excited uh, for this conversation, uh, not just in this episode, but uh, several episodes more than likely uh, leading into the, um, or into the future. We are going to be um, talking about just introducing, I think, today some of these things. Um, just really, um, this conversation will eventually lead to, you know, some of the more technical understanding or technical conversations around uh, the the uh, the Word of God and h- how we have it today and what it is and what it isn't and things like that, um, historical things and terminology and what have you. Uh, but just today, we're just going to really kind of ease into it. We're going to look at just the Word of God. And, and, you know, there are a lot of passages in the Word of God that tell us um, God's perspective of His own Word. And that should shape our perspective of His Word. And, and there are a lot of verses and passages that, well, they either they don't make sense or they're, they're a lie— if we don't have a perfectly preserved and inspired copy of God's Word here in the 21st century, in 2021. So that's kind of what, what are the ramifications of that? What, what, um, why is it important, if at all? Um, are there misconceptions about this? You know, because this issue about the Word of God, different versions of the Bible, the King James Bible, you know, we, we've made no, um, no, no qualms about it here at The Revealing. We are uh, a... Uh, people, uh, we are a, a local church here in Jacksonville, Florida, and one Baptist church, um, not just in Jacksonville, Florida, but up in Douglasville, Georgia, and over up in Stallings, North Carolina. Um, and we're part of a fellowship, a much broader network of churches um, who have a very strong faith-based view of the Word of God, uh, namely that it is found uh, in the King James Version, the authorized version of the Bible, and. Uh, we have not been shy about that around here, and, and we don't apologize for that. Um, we are, um, I for one, am, am grateful for that uh, because there was a time when, A, I didn't know this was an issue. Um, not so many years back, uh, I wasn't aware. And so I'm hoping that maybe this, like I said earlier, brings to light some things for you. So I didn't know it was an issue, um, but also... Once I, I, I heard about there were some people who, and it wasn't the people that I'm here at the revealing, this was years and years back, but once I heard someone say that, yeah, the King James Bible this and other versions that and things like that, my first thought was, man, what a what 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 a an old school or a legalistic approach and mindset. What a closed mindset to have. Um, how dare you? And, and so, and I wasn't mad about it, but I just kind of shrugged it off, you know, rolled it, rolled it off my shoulders and just kind of like moved on and really didn't give it much thought. But uh, through the years, as I began to look at this issue and study it and, and talk with people and, and the Lord would teach me things through his word and through, through, um, you know, resources like, like what we're trying to provide here, uh, you know, there are things that you just can't deny. And, and so, um, that's what our hope is that that this these conversations lead to that for you. So, um, hopefully that kind of sets the stage from where we are today and where we're going in the future. Um, but Chris and, and Frank, I'm excited to talk about these things and and I think today we we want to kind of look at um, as I mentioned, look at the Bible, uh, look at some verses, and, and see what God Himself says about His Word, 
uh, both past, present, and, and future uh, implications of that. Uh, is this such an important issue? Um, either of you guys, I'll throw this out there and we can start here maybe. Is this an issue that's important enough to devote, for our listeners to devote an hour of their time over the next several weeks uh, to listen to this episode? Is this important enough for us to carve out time for a special series on this or what have you? And if so, and I think obviously we know the answer is yes because we're doing it, but why do we, why are we saying this is important enough to carve out time and to look into this issue? Well, I, w- I would say if you're asking me, it's because either we have the Word of God or we don't. And, you know, if, if we if we don't look into this, if, if, if we don't see what God has to say about His own Word and, and, and whether or not he, he did what He said He was going to do in preserving it or inspiring it and preserving it and uh, making sure that we had it, then we're left with nothing, you know. So the, the importance behind this is, is foundational in that it's either we have the Word of God or we don't. And so, a, so wouldn't you say though? Like, I mean, let's. I, I think about this, you know, from uh, you know maybe a, 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 an opposite or the other perspective, you know, that I don't hold, which is, well, we do have God's word. Of course, we do. I'm holding the Bible right now, and you have yours, and, and he has his, and she has hers, and and so there's no question that we have the word of God. There's really not much of a difference there, you know. As long, I mean, we they all say Bible on them, and and um, you know. They all, you know, kind of say the same thing, and and yeah, there are there are different wordings, but man, that's that's really helpful because some versions are easier to read than others. Some are, you know, more word for word versus thought for thought translations, and you know, it just kind of depends on um, the reader and and whatnot. So, I mean, from from someone's perspective, this may not even be an issue at all because, of course, we have many Bibles out today. Sure, but then that brings the next question: How? Okay, we say we have it. Well, how did God preserve it? How did what? In what way did He do that throughout history? And, and a lot of people they just don't they don't think about it like you said. They just well, I got a Bible and, th- and that's it. But as you've so masterfully been teaching on, on Thursday nights at One Baptist about church history, we know that uh, as God moves throughout history, Satan counter moves throughout history. And so the one thing that He has been attacking, of course, uh, throughout history is the Word of God. And He did it started right in the garden. So it's not just so much that if you believe in the faith position that we either have or don't have the Word of God, it's then becomes well, how if we do, how did He bring that throughout history, progressively re- revealing it and uh, preser- inspiring and preserving it for us? So it's it's the it's the why and the how. And, and, and if you don't ever take the time to look into that. That's when you'll fall into those um, uh, other translations that I'm sure we'll talk about, and and into that mindset of just thinking like you just said. Well, I, it says Bible on it. I've got the Word of God. Mm. Well, do you? I mean, yeah. So what comes to my mind is <clears throat> the fact that, and I'm I'll, Frank. I'll bring you in in just a moment here as well. Um, what comes to my mind is w- we can't argue it. We have so many you know copies and versions of of the Bible today. And and someone looks at that and, and you know sees that as as resources and a blessing, etc. Um, but what's interesting about the, that very fact is um, they're all different, right? And so you know I can hold one version of the Bible in one hand, and I can hold another version of the Bible in another hand, and I could I could find a ton of similarities, sure. But I could also find a ton of differences, whether they are words that have been changed, um, whether they are words that have been removed, um, and not just words, but passages, sure. 
uh, doctrines even, because when you start messing with words invariably and passages, passages, you're going to um, lose doctrine, Absolutely. right? And so if, if, if I hold two things in my hand that have similar characteristics but also are different, I can't say they're the same, right. just logically speaking, right? Absolutely. No matter what bias anyone has or preference or whatever— just logically speaking, things different are not the same. <laughs> yes, that's very right? logical. It makes a lot of sense. End it right there. Yeah. Are you sure about yeah. it? Yeah, I, I put money on it. <laughs> so, and that's so basic, and we're laughing. But so many people, I think Christians yeah. just miss that. Absolutely. You know? So, um, you know, and just you look into this. You know, the things that we're going to be throwing out here, don't just take our words for these things, uh, but the very fact that you know, in order to have a, a different version roll out on the market, um, there has to be a minimum uh, percentage of the former. I think that, it's 10% change or something like that, yeah. Yeah, that has been changed in order to, for it to be considered a new, a, a new version and they've also done, to be copyrighted. And they've done yeah. that 30 times. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 10% 30 times. So again, yeah. removing, right, removing what whatever bias... A listener may hold, we may hold, whatever. Again, ju- not even talking about specific versions of the Bible. Just the very fact that there is a, a, just a, a vast array of choices. Man, that's, again, things different aren't the same. And so when you do that, as Frank just mentioned, time and time again, I mean, you can only dilute a substance so much before it just becomes straight water. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's subtle. Those changes, those differences, they're very subtle, which we know that's how Satan works. And that's why right? this is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so we hold the position that uh, there is one one truly inspired Word of God, as we said, um, and, and, and honestly, everything else that is out there, uh, we believe, um, is, is a counterfeit. And, and that goes from manuscripts, and we're going to talk about these in, um, in, in several in the next few episodes, uh, but we do believe, just like Satan um, counters God and counterfeits God, uh, both the work of God, the, the, the church of God, um, also the Word of God, and, and it, it, it's not obvious um, it's it's not a Bible that says the anti God Bible or the Bible of Satan. It's not it's not like that um, because that's not what Satan's mode of attack was in the garden. Uh, it it was to come and and to change the words of God. Uh, if you look at his um, um, discourse with with Eve there in Genesis three, it was to to um, change the word of God ever so slightly. It was to uh, explain what God really meant by what he said uh, and to uh, give a different approach and to really it, it, look what it led to. So, so uh, Frank, um, what are your thoughts here? Chris, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, I think I could say, yes, you believe that's important. It is important as well. Why, why is this important for us to talk about? I mean, I think the word that comes to my mind more than anything is it's about authority. Okay. And and you, you 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 might say, well, I've got I've got this translation, so I have the authority, and I have this translation, well, I have the authority. Well, here's my thing. Um, okay, that is a very simple statement to, to to make. However, just because somebody makes that statement doesn't mean they actually believe that statement. It's like I would say, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christian today that 
you know, I'm not the judge, but <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to prove that what you're saying is backing up what a, a Christian looks like because a Christian needs to look like what the authority says a Christian needs to look like, not what somebody thinks. And so to me, I think this whole issue really is about authority and, and I, I we can, we can talk about that. Yeah, We're well, going to go into that yes. right now. Okay. What, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, Okay, so if we're going to make the statement, and uh, I, and when I say if, uh, we have to come to the point where this has become so real to us uh, that um, there is no other way to look at it. Because if we're going to make the, state, make the statement of the Bible being the authority, well, okay, let's not worry about what One Baptist Church says or what anybody says about the subject, let's worry about what the Bible itself says. Because if the Bible's the authority, then what does the Bible itself say on this subject? And I think most people would be very uh, surprised that the Bible actually talks about this subject quite a bit and has a lot of okay. information in it. Uh, about the subject, it's testimony. God's testimony of His Word. Oh, absolutely. Right. Okay. And so, so okay. So let's just let's just uh, take that for a second. Let's sweep everything else under the rug. Let's not worry about what Pastor Frank or Robert or One Baptist Church or the church down the road or anybody has to say about the subject. Let's just find out what God's Word has to say about the subject. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, you know, I, I think of things like Psalm uh, one nineteen eighty nine. Where it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Okay, so that's what the word of God says about itself. The word of God says about itself that it's settled. All right. And obviously when it when we're saying that it's settled, I think everybody has a, a pretty uh, good enough understanding that settled means... That's it. Non-changing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change. It's settled. So here's kind of how I look at something like that. Let's, let's again, we're, ta- we're talking about how, what the Word of God says about itself. Okay. So let's, let's, let's take a step back for a second. Okay. John 1.1 1, 1 is a very, very important verse in the Bible, right? It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say, and the word dwelt among us. And so obviously, as we, as we look at that, uh, the Bible itself is making the claim that the word is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we, could, we could back that up with hundreds of other Bible verses. Uh, little note to self, if you want to make it. When you see in the Bible, when they capitalize the word, word, that is in, we're talking about the, the word made flesh, Jesus. Yeah. When it's, when it's lowercase, he's talking about the actual book itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So there's no doubt about it. The Bible's very, very clear that Jesus is the word. So here's my question. Um, okay. So let's say that uh, I have Chris sitting in front of me, which I do. Okay, can I have another copy of Chris somewhere else? God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I can't have Chris over here with less than two arms. I can't have Chris over there with no legs. I can't. 
That's Chris. 100%. That's Chris. I can't have different versions of Chris. There's only one version of Chris. I am one of a kind. And you are. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so you go, well, what are you, where are you going with this? Well, because Paul, again, we're, we want to make sure we're saying, what does the Bible say about itself? Because mm-hmm. Paul makes a very emphatic statement in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 uh, that we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. So either we have his mind or we don't. And we certainly don't have a scattered mind of Christ where we, we have to figure out his mind. Either he has given it to us or he hasn't. When it says here in Psalm 119.89 that thy word is settled in heaven, mm-hmm. there's a couple ways we can look at that. Would we say that Jesus is settled in heaven? Mm. Absolutely. But Jesus is the word. It's settled. There is no 10% change every time we want to come out with a new edition with Jesus. Okay. Okay. We, and by the way, at no point does man have any right to touch his word. And just if I could interrupt maybe a little bit here, it, what what I'm thinking about as you're talking about this is that we got to understand that, you know, as, as pastor has shown us and the word of God shown us that Jesus is the word. You can't separate those two things. Jesus is the word. The word is Jesus. So the, the chiefest, if I could say it like this, the chiefest characteristic, if you will, of who God is, is that he is his word. It's not that he's just given it, but it's that that's who he is and what he is. And in this verse in Psalm 119.89, being settled is one of the things. The other thing is that it even starts off with forever. In other words, it's, it's eternal yeah. because he's eternal. So you, you can't separate. you got to you know, think about these words when you're, when you're reading these verses that these things are, are, are the, the, the biggest part of, of who and what God is. He is his, his word. And so he takes it very, very seriously. So if he says he's inspired it and preserved it, then he has done so. Because it's who he is. Well, and I think that's one of the, you know, uh, biggest issues in Christendom today. And I say that word Christendom because just because you claim to be something doesn't mean you are. I think one of the biggest issues in Christendom today is uh, you have people who claim to be Christians who don't love the word of God, but you can't love God without loving his word. Like they, like you said, Chris, they go hand in hand. There's no way you can say I love Jesus and not love His Word. He even said the same thing. Oh, yeah, I know <laughs> if you love me, you'll keep my word. Well, hence, hence the reason why I'm I'm trying to use the Bible right now <laughs> as a definition yeah. to what we're trying to come at. And I want to go back to uh, I'll just hang on the rim for a moment with something you said uh, regarding um, how the capital W Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and the, the written Word of God. So the, He is the living Word, and we have the written Word. And you will find scores of passages that describe our Lord in the very same way that His Word is described. Absolutely. Right? And so that's why, just for our listeners, that's why we're saying, um, and you looked at John 1, 1, verse 14 there, and so uh, Revelation 19, when He comes back on that white horse, uh, what is His name? The, word, the of word of God, right? And so you just can't get around that. So with that, you brought that up to us, with that, we need to pay attention to Paul's warning to the Corinthians when he wrote his second epistle to them in chapter 11, when he talks about um, another spirit that is being received and another gospel that is being preached 
and another Jesus that is being believed on. And so this is why we say that there, there is the, the Jesus of the Word, who is the Word, and then there's another Jesus or other, and by that different, um, if I can use this word, versions of Jesus, mm-hmm. which, which are false. And so if we're going to say, how, how many ways to the Father are there, according to John 14, 6? There's one. There's one way. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Okay? And so if he is going to have one way to heaven, and he is the word of God, why would we think, especially based on the warning to the Corinthians about there being another Jesus, another gospel, and he says he is accursed that believes that, then why would why would he have one living word of God, but many equally valid and inspired written words of God. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Right. Well, no, it doesn't. And, you know, there's there's some key words that, um, you know, if you, if you were going to be a serious Bible student on this subject, uh, honestly, and I, and I don't mean that to be uh, uh, whatever, but words like knowledge, words like wisdom, words like understanding— those are three very, very important words to this subject. And why I say that is is because you can't have different views of knowledge of a subject. Either you have the correct facts or you don't. And the reason why is because our understanding of that knowledge, biblically, turns into wisdom. It's how we understand who God is for real. Not Satan doing whatever he does to hide who God is. So God has to have a way to communicate that to us. And uh, there's no doubt about it, again, as we have said, God has used uh, his word as the authoritative subject Mm -hmm. to that uh, because he equates it to Jesus himself. And listen, uh, like the, 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 uh, the point I was making before, so if somebody else walked in right now into this room that looked like Chris, is it Chris? No. No. It's and if he started acting like Chris and he started saying I'm Chris, well what is he then? He's a counterfeit. Okay? Because if I started to dig into that person's mind, is he really going to know all the ins and outs of what Chris knows? Mm-hmm. No. Of course not. And so he's a counterfeit. And you know, that's why the Bible itself warns us of this many, many times. Um, you know, uh, you know, you think of uh, Psalm 138 too, right? It says, for thou has magnified thy word. What? Above your very name. All his name. God has. So, so God takes his word. This is how serious God takes it above his very name. And we know what God thinks about his name. Uh, we could go through all kinds of verses to 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 look at that particular subject. There is power in that name. Yes. So God takes his name very, very seriously. Uh, but as much as God takes his name seriously, he takes his word even more seriously. And so... Um, because it, it's through his word we know his name, right? It's why it has to be that important. 
yeah to him yeah. and to us yeah. you know so there's no doubt about the fact that and again uh, I, i'm i'm trying to make the point here is yeah. this really is about authority do we really believe that this book is the authority. Okay. Well, if we think that this book is the authority, then what does the authority actually say about the subject itself? Yes. And so that's where I'm thinking right now is, um, <clears throat> I think you would get many Christians, wherever they stand on this issue, who said, yeah, absolutely. The word of God is the authority. I believe Psalm 138.2, he exalts his word above his name. Praise the Lord. Okay. So if we can find common ground there, because if not, then we can't even move forward, right? But if we can find common ground on the authority, like you said, what does the authority say about the authority, right? So, 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 so here you go. Yeah. Okay. I got three things. Okay. If that's true, then let's say I have a KJV Bible, and let's say you have a NIV Bible, okay, and we're both reading from it. Can we say that I have a settled Bible and you have a settled Bible? Because the answer is no. And if, you, if you're listening right now and you go, well, that's not true. Well, listen, I've been in Bible studies where I had my KJV Bible and somebody else had an NIV Bible. And the whole study is talking about how this version says this and this version says that. We're not even talking about what it really said. Mm. Now, we're, now we're trying to figure out which what one's it? actually correct and what yeah. it said because mm. they say two different things. And, and which so, does, so we does, don't have a settled Bible. No, and that does not breed or yield clarity like a lot of people think. It breeds confusion. No, no, no. Who would want to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so, so that's number one. How about, how about this? How about Proverbs 22, 21? Okay. How about this? Uh, Solomon, okay, which Proverbs, by the way, was written uh, by King Solomon, who was the king of Israel who sat on the throne of David, who was writing to his sons of God. Uh, there's a very prophetical application to the book of Proverbs. Jesus is the king of Israel, <laughs> who is going to sit on the throne of David, writing to his sons of God. And he gave us the power to become sons of God. Sure. And, and what he says in verse 21 uh, of Proverbs 22 is, is this, that I might that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth. Listen. Okay. Okay. So number one, we do we have a settled book? Number two, uh-huh. can we be certain of the words of truth? Well, once again, I'm going to go back to that that time when I'm sitting here with a guy with an NIV and I'm here with a KJV, and mine says something different than the guy that's got. Are we certain now of what? What? No. Our our discussion now is is well. I don't know if it, I don't know if it means this. I don't know if it means that. Well, wait a minute. You're missing words. Well, wait a minute. You have words that I don't have. There is no certainty. Right. Certainty gets thrown out the door. Right. Hence the reason why you'll go to some churches and you'll see them have six different translations up there mm-hmm. because they're trying to. Pl- and and what happens is the pastor becomes the authority on the subject because he's telling you which ones yeah. that are right and which ones are wrong, mm-hmm. or or. Uh, 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 this word should be translated yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. you know. So, so now who who is the authority on the subject now? Now it becomes a, a pastor, mm-hmm. a man. All that does is breed more confusion. There is no certainty. There is no. And um, what that does is, excuse me, Anna, you can get to your third point. Uh, what that does though is, it makes me become more dependent on that man to tell me what the Bible says means. Oh, I can't trust well, the. And what's that? The deeds of the what? 
Nicolaitans of Revelation chapter two. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's a, that's a problem. Sure. And listen, there is a very, very, very famous pastor today. And for the sake of it, I'm not going to drop his name, but there's a very famous that, that he. How many times I've heard him say, "Now you see that word right there? That's that, that that's not really what it means." His name is John MacArthur. Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> In case y'all were wondering, it's sad. I'll tell man. you. Yeah. It's so sad, like, yes. whoa, Mr. MacArthur, who do you think you are mm-hmm. telling us what God meant God. or what God meant? And, and he'll literally take that, ver- that word, take it out and put his own word in. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. That's not settled. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's that, not certainty. That's not certainty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, the third one is, is the, the word of God claims to be pure. Okay. And, and listen, we can't have a pure uh, 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 Bible if we have all kinds of different translations. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 30, yep. verse 5 and 6 says, now watch, again, we're, we're just trying to use the Bible as the authority. So listen to what it says. Every word. Did y'all get that right there? Mm-hmm. Let's just stop right there. Every word. I don't know if you're listening right now, if you know this or not, most people probably don't, but if you have a KJV Bible and you have an NIV Bible, the NIV NIV, NIV Bible does not have the same amount of words that the KJV Bible has. Mm -hmm. They are missing quite a few of them. Mm -hmm. So so either, so the point that I want to make more than anything right there is, they're They're, both not right. Right. Something's Something's not right here because God's word, the authority makes the claim Every word of God is pure. And then he says, add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. So what that means is either in, in let's just call them version A and version B, either version A has more words than it should or version B has less words than it should. So again. And while we're on that, we're while not, we're on that. Revelation 22, because we just said add, so let's now go to the other place where it talks about um, taking away, uh, where it says in Revelation 22, 18, for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man shall take away from the words of this book of prophecy, God shall take away part of the book of life. So clearly, don't add. So whether, yes, sir, amen, whether... It, you are holding to a particular version or not. Again, you know where we stand, right? We know where we stand. So we're not saying it's in any particular version yet. Th- at this point in the conversation, we're just saying things different are not the same. They don't bring certainty. They bring confusion. Uh, and if Proverbs 30 is 30 and verse 5 is true, um, and Psalm 12, 6 through 7, the words of the Lord are pure words, um, then why, wherever those words are found, why would you take them and mess with them, right? And, and I want to uh, camp for a second and Proverbs 30, verse 5, because you quoted both verses 5 and 6, and verse 5 says, every word of God is pure, and we made the point previously that the what is true of the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is true of the written word of God. Um, okay, so in Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says, every word of God is pure. And then if you look at the very next word in verse 5, mm-hmm. the pronoun used is not it, speaking of the word of God. Yeah. Though it is speaking of the word of God, because every word of God is pure. He, 
is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Mm-hmm. And the context remains the same in verse 6. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. And so, just for anyone who may have been wondering, what do you mean about the, the same qualities of Jesus and the Word of God? It's right there. Um, so, again... And that's consistent through the Bible. Absolutely. That's just one place. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes to show, see, I wouldn't, I couldn't pull that out. Just, let's just be real. I couldn't pull that out of the word of God, what I just said there, if whatever version I have in front of me doesn't say that. Again, the smallest pronoun or the smallest article. I mean, you want to, you want to, you want to know how an article, a, an, or the can change a doctrine? Just ask the Jehovah's Witness. Yep. And read the New World Translation when they quote John chapter 1 and verse 1 to you. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And according to them, in that translation, the Word was not God. The Word was a God, a little g God. But see, we know from Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 4, that Satan is the little g God of this world. So, uh, again, there's just so many implications and ramifications uh, of this issue. Um, so, okay, uh, let's move on to um, talking about maybe if we can some, unless there's other well, areas. Yeah, well, you know, I do want to say this. So, okay, so we have made the claim, uh, and, and, and when I say we made the claim, I, that's incorrect way of saying it. The Bible has made the claim <laughs> that uh, it's pure, that every word is pure. The Bible has made the claim that we can know the certainty of the word of truth. Mm-hmm. The Bible has made the claim that the word is settled. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and can I just say this? As humbly as I can, those that believe in the King James Bible version mm-hmm. are the only ones that can say that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? If you don't believe in the King James Bible only, then you cannot say that it is every word is pure. You cannot say that it's settled. You cannot say uh, that we have the words uh, 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 of certainty. Now, maybe if you believe your particular version is, maybe I can buy that a little bit, although I think there's problems there and we're going to get into where those problems are. But here's the thing. Truly, only a King James Bible only person could make that claim. So, are you saying that you're, you're, if at all, ever going to come across someone who is an ESV only believer? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, because here's the thing, right? Uh, you have to now, now. Now we're going to get into the manuscripts, okay? And I think that's going to cause some major problems with certainty. You can't be certain because of the manuscript that it came from. And we're going to – right. the only way we can be certain uh-huh. – because here's the thing. If you come up even, – even if you look at the very beginning of, the, of, of an ESV, uh, you know, usually in the beginning of a Bible, when you look at uh, the first couple of pages before you actually get into the Bible, most of the times – or if you go on, uh, on the website from who uh, – the copywriter who did that Bible, most of the times what you're going to find is – Things you know, they're going to make statements like this. You know, uh, uh, this is this is what's found in the original. We, we only can uh, believe what's found in the original manuscripts. Okay, you're going to see 
If you ever look at a website where we believe in the word of God and the complete authority of the Bible on the original manuscripts, major, major Bible seminaries today, major, major churches today, uh, you just look on people's websites and you read what they believe about the word of God. If you see anything that says original manuscripts, it's found in the original manuscripts, then you cannot believe in certainty, you cannot believe in settled, and you cannot believe in every word being pure. Because here's the problem. If that's where you think it's certain, if that's where you think it's settled, and if that's where you think it's pure, we don't have them. You mean the original manuscripts do not exist today? We don't have them today. Cool. We don't have so if that's where if that's where it's certain. We don't even have a copy of the original no. manuscripts. Mm-hmm. So or a cop I mean what we have is copies of copies of mm-hmm. copies of copies of copies. Which is how God do, does it. Right. So if if that's what you believe, if you believe that the word of God is certain, settled, and pure in its original manuscripts, which most I'm telling you, go look. If you don't believe me right now, if you're listening right now. Go look. See what your church says about the subject if they're not KJV only. I guarantee you it's going to say something on the, on, the, on, the, on the matter of in the original manuscripts. So I think that's why you said earlier it's about authority. Whether, whether a church or a pastor or a believer realizes it or not, if you are in the back of your mind or in your heart of hearts putting that faith in the original manuscripts, then whether you know it or not— you don't have an authority mm-hmm. because the object of your authority or that you're placing it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. That's really important. By it's, the way, that's on purpose. And it's interesting because you have to pair that together with, you know, we're sitting here, you're, you're talking about KJV only people, which, you know, we get a bad rap as being such. But, you know, Pastor Frank, you just said it the King James only people are the only ones that can claim that they, they believe in the divine absolute authority of the Word of God and that we have it. Um, so when you see those churches that do proclaim, you know, it's it's only preserved and it's in the original manuscripts, and these are the people who aren't KJV only people. They they hold to any Bible version. They don't. They'll they'll say something, but it, their 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 beliefs always uh, contradict that. Is that they're not a, a, a any version only people at all ever that believe that it, the Word of God is only preserved in the, in the original manuscripts. They don't ever take—I've never met anybody who's ever taken a position as a NIV only or ESV only or anything like that, because like we were talking about earlier, those people would just be like, well, yeah, we got the Word of God. I got this version. You got that version. They, they believe they're all, you know, the Word of God. So they, they that lends more credence to what you just said about how they don't have an absolute authority. Um, and, and I just don't think they even think about it like that, because they'll say that they do, they believe that, but— it's not true in the way that they actually, you know, prescribe well, yeah, to, to so believe. I wasn't yeah. going to go here because I wasn't going to mention that person's name. But seeing <laughs> Sorry. How we, seeing <laughs> how Somebody we dropped it. I don't mind. <laughs> so let's go there. Yeah. <laughs> we're, I, not, I, we're not I, being ugly. Right. So, we're not so, being so ugly. Here, I want to give you four. I, I, honestly, I want to give you four. Because these are very, if we're going to drop names, let's drop them. I'm going to give you four. Very, very, very prominent pastors on the radio today, whatever, that people are flocking to. And I just want you to hear, this is, I'm going to read for you verbatim what it says on their websites about their church, Okay. about this subject. Let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Grace Community Church, Pastor John MacArthur. Okay. That's, that's his church. This is what it says. If you were to go on his website right now and you were to look at Grace Community Church, unless I changed it, this is what it did say at one point. 
It said, we teach that the Bible is God's written revelation to man. And thus the 66 books of the Bible given to us by the Holy Spirit constitutes the plenary, inspired, equal in all parts, Word of God. We teach that the Word of God is an objective, propositional revelation, verbally inspired in every word. Got that? Amen. (laughs) Absolutely inerrant. Okay. In the original documents. Infallible and God-breathed. And so here's my here's my question. Okay, well then, John MacArthur, if you believe that every word is inherently inspired, every word, then why do you change it? Sure. You see, do you see the problem there? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna say that, right. and when somebody's looking at that, you're gonna go, oh yeah, oh yeah, every oh yeah, authority. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Mm-hmm. John MacArthur does not believe it's the word and the authority because he changes it. So no, he doesn't believe that. It's it, it, it's a subtle lie. Plus, absolutely. Plus, once again, those original manuscripts that he says are inerrant and inspired no longer exist. We don't have them. So so that means we do not have the Word of God today. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Parkside Church, Pastor Alistair Begg. Alistair Begg. Okay, yep. used to listen to him a lot. We accept the scriptures as our only authority in matters of faith and practice, and our interpretation of Bible doctrine leads us. Inexorably, inexorably, inexorably. I don't know. To believe, the scriptures of the Old and New Testament are being verbally inspired by God and inerrant and infallible in the original writings, and that they are of supreme and final authority. So the only supreme and final authority is in the original writings that we do not have. So then we don't have a supreme and final authority today. If you're listening, I yeah. want you to grab onto this. That's man. what's being this said. This is what is being said. How about First Baptist Dallas? I mean, come on, Robert, what, Robert Jeffers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is this theological seminary of uh, of Dallas and all. You know, this is all playing out here. When I watch, the Holy Bible was written by men divinely inspired and is a record of God's revelation of Himself to man. It is a perfect treasure of divine instruction. It has God for its author, salvation for the end and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. Therefore, all scripture is totally true and trustworthy. It reveals the principles by which God judges us and therefore is and will remain to the end of the world, the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct, creeds and religious opinions should be tried. And if we stopped right there, we would all go, amen. Amen. Here's the problem. All scripture is a testimony to Christ who is himself the focus of divine revelation. It is inerrant and infallible. Guess where? Hmm. In its original manuscript. Hmm. And there's a problem. Well, but Mr. Jeffress, we don't have that. So that means we don't have everything you just said. Mm-hmm. So everything you just said, if if it's if it if it is uh dependent on the original manuscript, then everything you just said is, well, that's great, sounded great, but we don't have it, so none of that matters. There's no substance There's to no it. There's no substance to it. Finally, uh, Pastor Charles Stanley, mm-hmm. uh, First Baptist Atlanta, uh, this doctrinal statement reflects the broad, mainstream, conservative evangel- evangelical tradition, which is consistent with the teachings of the Bible and which has stood the test of history and experience. We specifically uh, affirm the following doctrinal truths. We believe that the entire Bible is the inspired word of God and that men of God were moved by the Holy Spirit to write the very words of Scripture. The Bible is therefore without error, inerrant, guess where? Mm -hmm. In its original manuscripts. 
But then what's crazy is he goes, God has supernaturally preserved the Bible. <laughs> if he supernaturally preserved his Bible, then that would mean we have the original manuscript, which we do not have. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I make the statement that was so emphatic. KJV only people are the only ones who believe that we have a certain settled and pure word of God Mm because we're the only ones that can believe that. Other people cannot believe that because by the very statements they're making themselves, we don't have original manuscripts. Yeah, and and I was actually just now checking on that last particular quote of First Baptist Church there in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Charles Stanley has since retired as a senior pastor there, um, but I, I was just reading verbatim as you quoted that particular belief st- statement uh, off their website now, and it is the same exact thing. Um, of course, I have a new senior pastor, but it's all, you know, the same statement of faith. And as you said earlier, Frank, you're, you'll see that in some way, shape, or form on, on a vast majority of faith, you know, statements on church websites today. So here, here, here's the thing: if if you and again, right now we're just trying to lay a foundation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why? Why? Why do we believe the KJV? And certainly, over the upcoming episodes, we're going to give far more information to why we believe the KJV. Okay. Uh, but let's just kind of give a, a a brief, if you will, overview. Okay. Either God, in His authoritative Word, who said. Right, you quoted Psalm twelve, six, and seven. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. Uh, the words of the Lord are pure, pure words, mm-hmm. tried in the furnace of the earth mm-hmm. seven times. Mm-hmm. Thou shall keep them, O Lord. Thou shall preserve them for this generation and forever. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you think that that what he's talking about is the Jew. You you do not understand how language works. No, that is a cop out. That is not what that's saying. He is specifically talking about the words of the Lord. And what what he's referring to is there in Psalm 12, 6, and 7, where it says that the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth seven times. Uh, thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. What you just quoted, um, again, this is shows what we're talking about here. Other, uh, more modern versions will... Um, reference the 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 skip verse um, six when when he's clearly in context talking about the words of the Lord and say that the verse seven what is being preserved from this generation forever is skip the previous verse six and go to verse five where he's talking about the poor the needy maybe even the Jew and so um, again words subtly change completely change the doctrine. And so that's, I think, what you're referencing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, that's why I want to make that, that statement right from the get-go. This is about authority. E- either God preserved his word, mm-hmm. every word, mm-hmm. or he didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, And he didn't preserve it in an original. He never, he never made the promise that he would preserve it in an original. Right. Matter of fact... Uh, I think there's good enough, if you just start to think logically, you, you go, well, why wouldn't he do that? Why wouldn't he just give us the original? Well, oh, because this is why. Just think about it logically. Because if I had the original, what could I do to it? Whatever you wanted. I could do whatever I want to it. So the way God chose to preserve his original copy, if you will, was through copies of copies of copies. And you have to believe do I believe this is a faith position? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. It is a faith position. 
Okay, because there's no way any of us can emphatically prove what we're saying mm. outside of believing God at his word. Mm. Okay. And and although I think that's good enough, <laughs> but you know, if somebody wanted to argue the point, we could play that game if we wanted to. But what I'll say is either God preserved it or he didn't. And I would add, if God Listen, this is just a matter of, and we could go in all kinds of different directions now, but let's just take this one um, because I think this is a, you know, one that we should be paying attention to. You know, Jesus says that it's my words that will judge you in the last day. So if we're going to be judged by the word of God, then it would just make justifiable sense that we have them. That he did preserve them, every single one. Because if we're going to be judged by them, yet we they were in the originals, which we don't have access to, not only access to, but the Hebrew and the Greek and the Aramaic understanding and wherewithal to be able to, I mean, there's such a small, minute percentage of people on this planet that even have any kind of a working or an understandable knowledge of such language. But to hide... His words that will judge us in the last day in those original manuscripts, that's not um, synonymous with God's characteristics. And it's leaving it up to man of who he is. Yeah, right. Which he does not do. And and, and listen, I don't know that we can be judged on ideas and concepts. Because when when, when, uh, Paul's talking about the judgment, he says, every mouth will be stopped and the whole world will become guilty before God. Mm-hmm. We can't look at God and go, well, this is what I thought it actually said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no. God's going to make it very clear. This is what I said. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for him to be able to judge us in that way, then that must mean we have it. Because mm-hmm. if, if, if he can't judge us in that way if we don't have it. And again, I go back to, those three things. Either we have a settled, certain, pure word, or we don't. And when it's all said and done, whether you believe this or not, the end of the story is, and the way this is going to shake itself out is, only somebody who claims to be King James only can make that statement. They're the only ones that can say, we have a settled, preserved Certain pure word of God. Mm -hmm. Anybody with any other translation cannot say that. And again, the reason why I say that is because we don't have originals. Mm -hmm. So now what? And and you know, you see that played out biblically when you delve into this whole entire thing of of original manuscripts, and, 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 and God does not and never has put any emphasis on original. Um, anything or original manuscripts at all. And, and again, so you see that played out in Scripture. And just think, just basic real quick with the few minutes we have left, how God would show that in his word. And he's done so masterfully. Um, you go to Jeremiah 36. That's a, a key chapter that we don't have time to go into where he actually sets the whole thing up. 38. But, is it th- 38? Pretty sure it's Jeremiah 38. I think it's 36, but I could be wrong. It's 36. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just a quick example, um, if you can go read Jeremiah 36 and, and look into it for yourself, because we don't have much, unless we get into it in some f- future episodes, which we might do. But you just think about 
this thing of original manuscripts, okay? Just think of Moses when he went up to the, the, the mount uh, with, to get the Ten Commandments. He took the table of stone up there, right? And what, what happened? God actually wrote with his own finger those Ten Commandments on those tables of stone. And on his way down, then God said to Moses, you got to get down the mountain. Uh, the children of Israel are, you know, engaging in, in, in worship and pa- uh, pagan worship and whatnot. And they're worshiping the golden calf and all that. And so he's coming down the mountain and he sees that and he gets mad. And what does he do? He smashes those tables of stone, right? Oops. Well, those original, quote-unquote, manuscripts that God himself wrote with his own finger gone. are now gone. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Well, God says, to, <laughs> God says to Moses, go ahead and hew you out some more stone tables of stone and bring those up the mountain, and yeah. we'll do this again. So what he ended up bringing down the mountain, the end result was a copy. It was not an original manuscript, if you will. And throughout the scriptures, you see that. I mean, the kings of Israel were supposed to write the copy of the law themselves and put it into the Ark of the Covenant. That was something they were supposed to do. Those were not originals. Those were copies and copies and copies. God always preserved his word as he said he would through copies, not original manuscripts. And again, you go to Jeremiah 36, you see that whole entire thing played out. Mm -hmm. So this... um, topic of original manuscripts and the Word of God and we having it and not having it comes down to inspiration and preservation, which I'm sure we're, we're destined to talk about in more detail as we continue this conversation. But, you know, just, again, we were talking about what does the Word of God have to say about itself. Go and look it up. You can study it out and, and see how God, uh, what he really does put his emphasis on, and, and it's never an original anything. So, yeah. Okay, so let me just say... Uh, this and then we'll we can kind of close this first episode. Sounds um, good. I just want to talk about some misunderstandings mm-hmm. that we have today uh, when it comes to this KJV only mm-hmm. issue, mm-hmm. Um, if we can. Um, so, uh, just a few of them here, right? The Bible version issue is a largely a choice between the old language of the KJV and updated language of modern versions. That's one of the first ones. Is you know, well, I just can't understand the old language. God has uh, been so kind to us to update the language into something I can understand today. Okay. If you go to any, if you go to any Christian bookstore, that is basically what they're going to say to you, right? Uh, well, hey, why don't you take this Bible? It's much more easier to understand. Okay, uh, number one, no, that is not true. Right, that is that is a fallacy. Okay, we're gonna we'll talk about that in the upcoming episodes. I, I just want to lay some things down here. Uh, the difference between the Greek received text and the critical text is slight, mounting o- to only a page of material. So what we're going to find out is, is that, uh, and where our contention is going to be, and listen, uh, this is an important point I'm going to make right now. The real issue is not the English translations. The real issue is which manuscript did they use to bring the English translation? That's where the real issue is. Mm -hmm. And to make a statement to say that there's really no major differences, uh, yeah, you're going to find out that that is incorrect. There is major, major differences. Um, uh, uh, And and we have to make sure that we uh, uh, grab onto that. Um, You know, one of the big uh, issues is um, people will say that the King James Version itself has gone through many editions and many updates. Uh, that is incorrect. Again, we're, we're going to deal with facts here. Mm. Th- that is incorrect. There is a difference between uh, an, an addition and a uh, um, 
Revision? Revision. And maybe we can talk about that. And we're definitely going to yeah, talk about that. That's and, important. And it's very important to understand that because when somebody makes that statement, the, the, you got to make the statement correct. Yes, the King James Bible has gone through some revisions, but it has never gone through another edition. Mm. We still have the same edition that the 1611 was originally, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, uh, laid out in. Um, what we're going to learn uh, about some of these um, um, uh, other manuscripts uh, is that uh, the, we're going to hear about these two guys that we want to make sure we put on our in our wheelhouse right now. Okay. Their names are Westcott and Hort. Mm-hmm. Okay, We need to do some understanding about who Westcott and Hort were and what they believed. Uh, because many people think that Westcott and Hort were evangelical Bible believers that believed solely uh, in, in authority of the Bible. Well, we're going to read some actual written statements by those guys and see if we think that that's actually true. And, okay. and just so our listeners know, who are Westcott and Hort? Uh, Westcott and Hort are the ones that really uh, pushed the whole idea of uh, the, uh, the Nestle's Greek New Testament that we have today. Yes. And uh, believing that the oldest manuscripts are the best, they absolutely hated the King James Bible version. And uh, that because of that, they wanted to get us out of that and move us into another realm of yeah. Bible translations. And their work has been very instrumental in in, in the new in the process, uh, the translation, or I guess the yes um, copying or um, would you, oh the the new editions of our modern versions. Yes, yeah. very all, very all of them came from those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. It, it, ultimately, their work led to the Nestle's Greek New Testament. Sure, which. Uh, okay, so now as we were talking about the King James Bible has gone through revisions and not additions, the Nestle Greek New Testament has gone through 30 editions, mm. not revisions. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about what the differences are okay. between a revision mm-hmm. and an addition, because it is a very important concept to understand. Um, um, you know, a lot of people uh, within the uh, the realm of this who, who, who call KJV-only people uh, a cult or things like that. I've heard many different ways that we've gone about that. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll state that, you know, the Bible version issue should not result in division among God's people. Um, well, again, uh, I'm going to go to Jude 1.3, which says that we need to earnestly contend for the faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're not contending for the word of God, then what are we contending for? Mm. And I would say, well, wait a minute. The fact that we have an authority or we don't is something we should be talking about. Mm-hmm. And there should be division. Uh, because if what we're stating is correct and if what they're stating is incorrect, then there's a major problem. And we need to we need to focus on that. Now, if if what we're stating is not correct and the facts don't back us up, then I would agree with that. Mm. However, the facts absolutely 100% back it up. Mm. Okay, um, uh, and and uh, maybe maybe a final thing is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the whole idea. Of, well, well, King, King James was a homosexual. Do you think God would use King James? Well, God didn't use King James to do anything. Sure. Uh, I mean, as far as the translation itself goes, uh, did, did did God use Pharaoh to accomplish his purpose? Yes, God can use anybody to accomplish his purpose. King James had nothing to do with the actual translation itself. Did he commission the translation? Yes, but that doesn't mean King James had anything to do with the translation itself. And so to use that as a, a cop-out mm. is, is, is unfortunately 
uh, an incorrect uh, uh, view sure. of this. And by the way, uh, although we had now we now uh, call it the King James Bible. Um, and I think that is something that has probably happened in the last hundred years or so because people are contending against it. Mm. And so we want people to, to know it's the King James Bible because they want to be able to say, oh, he's that homosexual king who did that. Okay. The actual original name for it was the authorized version 1611. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's just make sure we get that. Th- that is the technically correct term mm-hmm. is the AV 1611. Um, but, uh, uh, anyways, uh, I just wanted to kind of lay some of those things out with, um, because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, here's where we really got to grab onto this thing. Do we begin with the word of God or do we begin with the word of men? Mm. Because that's really the question that's going to lead us into this whole controversy. That's a good way to put it. And it has become that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with that, uh, we will, I think, um, put a bow on this here. Uh, I, I think this has been very profitable in the way of just laying out the red carpet, so to speak, for the rest of this conversation over our next several episodes. So we do hope you'll join us uh, back next week as we continue this. As I said, maybe getting a little more into the nuts and bolts, I guess, of, of some of this um, some of these issues here, and and as Frank said, um, it's not just about what version you prefer, but from where they came. And so um, we do hope you'll come back next week for another installment of The Revealing. Uh, but until then, take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world, or email us, info at onebaptistjacks.world.